Welcome to Life Church. We are an ex 242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. I promise I will be as concise as possible. If you're going to read along with me this morning, I'm in 1 John. Not the Gospel of John, but the Epistles of John. Just turn a few pages further up in the book. Maisie, you're trying to catch my attention. There are a few pictures on the side. If children want to colour them, or any adults that are particularly bored, we won't judge you today. So in a moment I'm going to read from 1 John chapter 3.16 up until verse 18. Begin with a story, just to set the context for the point that I'm making this morning. Yesterday was a big football match in our household because our family are Liverpool fans. Yes, it's the team Jesus supports, don't fight it, it's true. And we saw that yesterday, in fact. The favour of the Lord was on Liverpool yesterday. And, um, but there was this point in the match when the referee made a decision that I didn't like. I think it was Fabino was given a yellow card for a tackle and when you watched the replay there was actually no contact just one of these dirty Man City players rolling around on the floor just pretending he was hurt like he'd been shot and there was nothing that had happened so I was disgusted with the referee and I expressed my disgust to the referee through the TV hoping that he would hear me Now, I didn't say anything naughty, really, but I did express my discontent at the situation. But then about five or six minutes later, in another room, one of my sons, I can't remember which one it was, shouted the same thing that I shouted to the referee to their brother. And I was quite upset. I said, that that kind of language, I can't allow that in my house. But then it dawned on me where they got that language. They got that language from me. Now, you see, the reason is because... We are imitators. We are mimickers. We watch, we observe, and then we repeat. That was a situation when my kids observed me, and they repeated that. I've, I've often seen um, Tobias, I forgot which was the youngest one then. Which is the youngest? No, are you the oldest? You are the oldest? Yeah, Isaac. <laughs> Tobias, the little one. He watches his... Brothers maybe climb on a chair in the kitchen to try and get on a worktop to get to the cupboard that we put the chocolate in because it's the highest possible point in the kitchen, but they still find a way in. But Tobias is only two, but I've seen him move a chair across the kitchen because he's seen his brothers use that as their means of access to the chocolate, and he thinks at the age of two he should be able to do that as well. But he, well, certainly if he gets caught, he doesn't, uh, was isn't allowed to do that. Because he mimics, he watches, he, he observes, he, re, he repeats. Now, with Jesus, we are supposed to be imitators of Christ. We're supposed to watch, observe, and also repeat. Now, these verses here set a high bar for what we should repeat. It says this, This is how we have come to know love. He, that is Jesus, laid down his life for us. We should also lay down our lives 
for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has uh, worldly goods or goods of the earth, world, whatever, and sees a fellow believer or anyone in need, but withholds compassion from him, how does God's love reside in him? Little children, let us not love in word or speech, but in action and in truth. So John here in his epistle, he is communicating to the church on the topic of love saying, the way Jesus has loved us is he laid down his life for us. And at Easter, of course, we take this sort of special opportunity to remember Jesus laying down his life for us. And for those who believe that message, we're obviously incredibly appreciative of that because we recognize the benefits of Jesus laying down his life for us. Forgiveness of sin, new life, fresh start, God's help and support and encouragement and power coming into our lives. But he doesn't just stop there. John is saying to the church, if you, on one hand, want to receive God's love, in how he laid down his life for you, you also must be imitators, mimickers, repeaters of that style of living and lay down your lives for one another. And so we, as Christians, we need to demonstrate that we are truly Christians, not just in saying nice things and doing nice things, but be prepared to lay, be sacrificial in the way that we live our lives one for another. I'm going to finish with this story is uh, about 110 years ago this weekend, it was the 14th of April in 1912, that there was a boat going to Chicago across the Atlantic. That boat was the Titanic. And on that boat was a pastor called John Harper. He was 39 years of age. He was a widow but he had a six-year-old daughter and his niece also on that trip. He'd been called to go to the church of a pastor in America, a well-known pastor called D.L. Moody, and to preach at D.L. Moody's church. So he was on this voyage. But then the cry came out and the alarm started to sound that the boat had struck an iceberg and everybody needed to evacuate. There was mass panic. But there were also difficulties getting people into the lifeboats and there weren't going to be enough spaces for everybody on the boat. So John Harper had a decision to make. What do I do with the potential of my space, his space? And this is what John Harper decided to do. He put his niece and his daughter on a lifeboat and he chose to stay behind and give his lifeboat space to somebody else. Now, people were willing to give him a space because he had his niece and his daughter with him, but he chose to stay behind. And what he did was quite incredible. He went up and down the boat as long as the boat was kind of, in, in some ways, possible to walk along. And he was telling other people about Jesus, explaining to them that this was maybe their final moments and they should take that very seriously and they should... Uh, they, should, they should give their lives over to Jesus, ask for forgiveness and, and give their lives over to him. 
And at this time as well, he had a life jacket on because people had life jackets. And then as the, as the boat was going down into the water, he realized that not everybody had life jackets. So he gave his life jacket away to somebody else to try and sustain as many people as possible while everybody started then getting into the water. And then what he did was he, he found a bit of wood that was floating in the water. He clung to that wood and all he did with those remaining hours of his life before the icy water was too much, he would float around as many people as he could and told them about Jesus. You see, John Harper is an example of what it means to live in the way that Jesus lived. John Harper didn't take the words of the Bible as just some kind of inspirational tool, a book of metaphor and stories to maybe emulate as best as you could. He took it in very practical and real terms and he recognized at the moment when he was called upon, he was prepared to pay the highest price so that others can live. Now that is both a sad story and a triumphant story. It's sad because the niece and the daughter outlived him. But for those of us who believe that the gospel message about Jesus dying and rising again is true, it has a happy ending because its fulfillment isn't in the seas of the North Atlantic. Its fulfillment is at the gates of heaven where those who follow Jesus one day shall be. So my challenge to you simply this, is this is twofold. What kind of life are you living that others should want to imitate? And are you imitating the kind of love that Jesus has shown to us on the cross? The kind of love that people like John Harper took so seriously, he too was prepared to lay down his life. Because in this world today, we see a lot of people competing for their opinions, people competing for their territory, people competing for what they want, what they can get. But there are less of us prepared to lay down what we feel that we should have in order to benefit others. But that is how we live out the gospel. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your example in Jesus. That Jesus, when you died on that cross and you gave up your life, you didn't have to do that. But you did that because you recognized that because of God's justice for sin, for iniquity, somebody had to die and you were prepared to allow your death to be the necessary requirements for that punishment so that all who called upon the name of Jesus for forgiveness need not taste death but can have eternal life. And Father, I pray you help us to live out the type of lives that show to the world that's what we believe. That we wouldn't be merely people of talk but people of action. People prepared to lay down and sacrifice ourselves, our comfort, we may never be in a position like John Harper was in. We never, may never be called upon to sacrifice in that way. But there are other sacrifices that we can make to the benefit of others to demonstrate the love that you have shown God to us. Help us to be those types of people to love others as you have loved us. In Jesus' name. Amen. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarranty.com.